Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. So this week, sight reading. I've had so, so many requests over the last year, both on Jazzwire and here Digging Deeper, talking about reading music and sight reading. So let's let's finish up our two-part uh, series here. The first part was the most important part. So the biggest thing I can say about this video is stop and go watch the other video. The first video um, was talking about the most important part of sight reading. That's why it was the first video, the rhythmic aspect. Any pro will tell you getting the rhythm correct is much more important than getting the pitches correct. If you haven't seen that video, that's where to start and get to work. Today, I wanna to talk about the melodic side of things. So sort of the other big part of reading, which is how do we actually get some of the correct notes going on? Now, this is important. These videos, Digging Deeper, everything really I do in my educational career is for adult amateurs and semi-pros. Those are the folks that I love talking to and working with. Now, is it important for all adult amateurs and semi-pros playing jazz, because that's what I talk about, to be excellent readers or to even be able to read music? I've thought about that a lot. The answer is no. You don't have to be able to read music on a lot of instruments to play in my jazz band master classes or on Jazzwire. We have folks who come to Jazzwire who can't just don't read music or it's not at all a strength. If you're one of those people, don't worry about that, right? It is possible to be a smart, intelligent, contributing member of society and be illiterate, to not be able to read or write your language. But of course, it makes sense that it's a lot easier to get new information and to process that information when we have that going on. Now, some of the greatest musicians of all times are musically illiterate. Elvin Jones, the great drummer, could not read. He just didn't depend on his reading. As far as I know, he could not read. Um, he internalized things orally and then played. Uh, Paul McCartney from The Beatles. Uh, cannot read or write music, although he has written for the symphony orchestra. He figured out how to do that. Okay, so, uh, you know, if, if that's a choice, yes, I'm too old, too much time has passed, I'm not going to learn how to, how to read music, fine, if that's your decision. But I will say at Jazzwire, the folks that are at 70 years old learning how to read music, their playing is getting so good because it's organizing all these sounds and organizing them graphically. And most human beings sort of relate to things graphically, which is what reading music is, right? So let's do this. And by the way, I've got a great PDF for you. It's a typical one-page PDF that I offer here at uh, Digging Deeper, free. Please write us this week to get it. Um, there's a second page, which has one of my compositions on it, which I'd love to challenge you to uh, learn how to play. It's called uh, Springfield. All right, let's look at the sheet and the first important item here for reading melody. One of the biggest things you can do is look for the key signature. So now there's an implication there that you know key signatures or you know what they imply. So, okay, now we're getting to talk about theory. Where are you going to learn this theory part? Well, of course, that's what we do day in, day out at jazzwire.net. I really hope we get a chance to work together there. So look at the first item on the sheet. And what is the key signature? If we're thinking about a major key, what is the key signature of two sharps? Maybe you know that, maybe you don't. But when you know that, that's kind of what we need to do to get up and running with melodic reading. So, D major. 
those two sharps. Now here's the bigger question. Can you play me the D major scale on your instrument? Is it comfortable? Can you do it without too much thought? That is hugely important. So when you can do that, it, it basically lets you know the universe we're in. Are we talking about cattle or are we talking about the new Superman movie or are we talking about quantum mechanics? Do you know a little bit about those topics and are you a little bit able to say something about them? That's what we need. If you're not, you don't get to be in the conversation. So that's the work that we do together is learning, you know, some of the background information. So scales are a big one. So look at the second item on the sheet. What's the key signature there? So some of us will see immediately one sharp, oh, that's the key of G. We look at the third item, no sharps or flats. Well, some of us know, and some of us are gonna have to do this work. Well, we are where we are. And you know what, this, this reminds me of, uh, of a cool uh, person, Sten, from Hamburg, Germany, um, came in to Jazzwire this week, and he sort of made an interesting point that, uh, you know, very paraphrasing here, but the idea that it's so easy to wait and I'm just going to wait till the time's right and wait, wait till, you know, the, the job calms down or the family or my kids this or wait till the money. And you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. And now months and years have gone by and you're in the same place. So don't wait. That's a big tip on how to learn any of this stuff. So if you want to learn how to sight read, how about do it for 10 minutes a day? You've done it for an hour this week at that rate. You've sight read for 50 hours this year just by doing it 10 minutes a day. Do you think you'd be better at something if you did it for 50 hours? Of course you would, right? So don't wait to get started on this stuff if you really think it's a goal. Okay, um, the next really big tip related to key signatures is now can you see the exceptions to the rule? Well, okay, look in item number one. We see we're in the key of D major. I see that first line. Perhaps you can see a pattern. It's called a scale, right? We go up, okay. Now, um, oh wow, I notice in the third and fourth measure some exceptions to the rule, some naturals. All right, so those sharps, flats, naturals, those are a big deal, right? Those are altering the universe that we're inside. So maybe your fingers know the D major scale, but now there's a change to that. So one of the biggest things is putting your brain in the zone of a scale or a tonality or a shape, playing bass and, and guitar um, or even piano. The, the shape of C major and D flat major is different, the, the implied fingerings, right? So that little bit of technique on your instrument, the little bit of theory knowledge makes your sight reading better. So there, you know, all this stuff leans on each other. And that's why I'm suggesting that when you become a better reader, you're better at theory. You have better technique because you're a better reader. It's very interesting how all this comes together. And I love helping people with this stuff. And I love seeing people put in a little work in one place, but it shows these huge improvements elsewhere. That's, that's how we can get good very, very quickly. So that's, you know, that's what this is all about. That's what these videos are all about. Let's look at the next item. And this is looking for different tonalities or scales or shapes, looking for different things that you recognize. 
this is about pattern recognition, right? When you're reading a language, it's pattern recognition. When you're driving down the street, you are recognizing patterns. You're looking at street signs or you're looking at a person crossing the street, whatever it is, it's, it's patterns, right? So the more patterns you know, the more things you've seen and given a name to, the more likely you can deal with it effectively the next time you see it. Look at item number one. What would we call that pattern in the first measure? looks to me like a D major scale, going from the root to the root. So perhaps visually, do I have to play all seven or eight of those notes? Do I have to look at every single one of them? No. I know the universe is D major. My fingers know what that feels like, and my eyes can quickly scan it and say, wow, that looks pretty linear. I don't see any holes in that nice smooth line. I'm going to guess it's a D major scale. And yes, it is. Now look in the second measure. What do we see? Wow, well, I see a bunch of skips down, but I do know my D triad. And I do see that the first couple notes in the second measure of item number one are a D triad. Okay, maybe you know your triads, maybe you don't. This is another thing where your, as your reading gets better, your theory gets better. You, your, you know, sort of the licks and the devices you have under your fingers, right? You look at the third measure now. What do we see? Well, I see exceptions to the D major scale. Perhaps you know that that third note that has a natural sign, perhaps you know that's called a flat third. Perhaps you're aware that that makes something minor. Perhaps now you're seeing the third measure as a D minor scale because that's something you've practiced before or heard about or seen a video about. Perhaps your fingers know the D minor scale. So you see how this works. We're, we're doing pattern recognition. Okay, let's talk about the last important item, and that is make educated guesses in time. Make educated guesses so that you're moving forward. And when you play something wrong, not if, you're going to play something wrong. When you play something wrong, keep moving ahead. When you misspeak, don't stop and apologize and perseverate over that word. And now I guess everyone in the room thinks I'm dumb. And No, 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 that's, that's not going to go well, right? And we've all probably had those experiences. And now you're in your head and you're not even thinking about what you're supposed to be saying next. And you've stalled and oops, right? No. So we get in the habit as we do with language or walking. You've tripped before, but you know, unless it was something really serious, you trip, you lose your balance and you're off and moving ahead. You're not even thinking about it anymore. So again, that skill that you have physically or uh, with language, we bring to music. So those little, little hints can be really, really helpful for you. So we just had those sort of quick four rules. So one more time, this idea of knowing our key signatures and knowing the implied scales. So some of you now have tangible music homework to do. The second item was looking for accidentals, looking for exceptions to the rule. First thing, look for the rule. Second thing, look for exceptions to the rule. Third thing, look for shapes or patterns or tonalities that you recognize. And the more you read, the more you're going to recognize. Your file cabinet is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And then the last thing is don't stall out. Make educated guesses. Don't worry that every note's perfect because it won't be. And the interesting thing is as you get better and better at it, you misspeak less, right? 
Do you remember misspeaking today, tripping over a word? Maybe you did, but there's a decent chance you didn't. And even if you did, so what? But for most of us, we didn't. We've gotten good at this over the decades, right? So again, if you do this for five or 10 minutes a day, that would be fantastic. And on page two of the PDF, as I said, um, this song of mine, Springfield. So I thought this would be a cool one to offer up to you. It's a song I play a lot live on gigs. I'm going to be playing it in Toronto um, in a couple weeks, coming up in December. Um, it's cool because it's got all this stuff in there. Of course, there's key signatures, there's accidentals. It's based on a pentatonic sound. There's triads in there. There's chromatic scale things, and there's almost chromatic things. It'll throw you for a little loop. You may make an educated guess, oh, this is chromatic, but it's not quite. So this will be a cool one for you to work on a little bit. I'll play it for you just uh, acapella here before we head out. Uh, so really the, the biggest thing I can say is just start doing this a little bit. As I said, I work with musicians who just haven't learned to read and that's not a priority. And I'm good with that. I can work with that. But the people that put in a little time, I find get ahead better, quicker. So if you're a professional, and we have many pros watching this or college students, these little tips can be helpful. Make sure you go back and watch the, uh, the rhythm video. And, and next time you're reading, take one of these ideas, one of these rules, and think just about that. Just scan ahead for the accidentals. And you're going to find it's very, very interesting how much more accurate you are. Figure out what the zone is, scan for accidentals. All right, hope you enjoy it. I'm gonna play, um, play Springfield for you right now. And of course, love to work with you at Jazzwire where we can do this kind of work like every day, day in, day out, week in, week out with a couple hundred other great adult musicians like you from around the country, around the world. All right, here we go, Springfield. One, two, one, two, three, four. Thank <laughs> you. 